Welcome to Karura's weekly podcast. Thank you so much for taking your time to journey with us. We hope your spiritual life will be transformed as you listen in. We start in three, two, one. As we conclude the year, this being the last Sunday of the year, it will be really good to also just reflect on the word of the Lord. Uh, when COVID came, you all know it was not just an issue of health, but it has affected the economy. It has affected our social life. It has basically thrown many families and many individuals into crisis. And so it is good to hear testimonies of what God does and has done. And when you're in a crisis, then how do you move forward? What do you do? Let's look at Stephen in Acts chapter 7 from verse 54. It says, uh, if you have your Bibles, Acts chapter 7 from verse 54. This is a testimony of what happened to the deacon Stephen. When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I have seen, I've seen heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. Here is a man. If you look at whole of chapter 7, he's been speaking the word of God before the Pharisees, before the Sanhedrin. And yet when he finishes, you can see the crisis that he finds himself in. And yet he gives a testimony. One of the greatest testimonies I have ever had in history of the church uh, during uh, the last two centuries was a man called Alan Gardner. He left UK. He is an Englishman. He left UK to become a missionary. And he wanted to go to South America, somewhere in South America. But somewhere they were shipwrecked and they landed on an island where there were no people at all. And slowly by slowly, they began to die of diseases, some of um, starvation. One of the last persons to die was Alan Gardner. And later, many months later, when they were found, a notebook was found, or his diary was found by his side, or the side of his bones. And he had, the last uh, he had written was from Psalm chapter 34, from verse 10. And what he had written there was that, I have this sense, or I am overwhelmed by this sense of the goodness of God. How can a man who is dying in such a way, in a sense of crisis, seeing people around him die, say, I am overwhelmed with a sense of the goodness of God? I can only imagine myself in the feet or in the, in, in the, in the place of Alan Gardner. I would have thought, one, before I left England, the church had prayed. And Alan had prayed 
He had raised funds. He had set himself to go and do God's work. I would have asked, was God aware of this? I would have asked, why wouldn't God protect him when he was going to do God's work? And probably this year, many of you have asked, wasn't God aware of what we were going to do this year? And why did he not allow even our plans to succeed? Alan Gardner's plans did not succeed. So to speak, that is if he was going to be a missionary. He never reached the stage of even being a missionary to where he wanted to be. And there are many questions that would have arisen. Stephen was a very young deacon. He had just become a deacon. He had not lived for long in, in the sense of after being chosen to be a deacon. And yet, we see here, he is able to live such a victorious life. He has tapped into the sense of the goodness of God. Now, there are many situations when we say that when things are happening around us that are good, then God is good. In a sense, we infer God's goodness to our circumstances. When you look at Alan Gardner's situation, there was nothing good happening. It was death all over. It was chaos all over. It is cold all over. When you look at Stephen's situation, there's really nothing good happening. The people who should know the word of God are the people who are stoning him. And so how can somebody say he can sense or is overwhelmed he, can, he has this sense of the overwhelming goodness of God. It's only a person who has tapped into the goodness of God, irrespective of the circumstances. I really liked what the worship team, the first song they sang to us. They say they, it is about finding our identity in God. And what they were, through that song, what they were saying is when we find our identity in God, then circumstances don't define God, but also circumstances don't define us. And that is what you see with Stephen here. When you read the whole of chapter 7, he's been speaking to the Pharisees, to the Sanhedrin, about the history of God in Israel. He's been telling them, looking back, can't you see in the word of God, God has been at work. And my brothers and sisters, even as we close this year, and even as we go into the next year, it is important for us to understand from the word of God, because that is what Stephen did, the whole of chapter 7. Just going back to the word of God and enumerating how God has been at work. May you and I be the kind of people who can read the word of God like Stephen did and understand it. Because it is only through the word of God that we can know God and find our identity in God and not in circumstances. And it is only in the word of God that we can get to know that God has been at work irrespective. Because God, as Stephen tells these people, how even some of them had, had suffered even in the desert. But God had been at work throughout. And finally Stephen tells them that this God brought Jesus Christ. Because that was the whole purpose of this history that he tells to them. But when he tells them that, they are so angry, they are so furious. They hate for him. But what verse 56 says, it says, but full of the Holy Spirit, Stephen looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. He not only looks at the past, 
but even though the circumstances are not right around him, there's malice, there's gnashing of teeth. People want to beat him up. He taps into the goodness of God even at that situation. It says, full of the Holy Spirit. Maybe we the kind of people who allow the Holy Spirit to indwell in us and not to grieve the Holy Spirit. When the Bible says that the, you're full of the Holy Spirit or when the Bible says be filled with the Holy Spirit, it says be overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit. To be overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit means even if I wanted to do this, the Holy Spirit takes me to what he wants me to do or takes me to the place where he wants me to be. And the place to be filled by the Holy Spirit is when we are in the word of God, when we are in a relationship of God, irrespective of the circumstances. And this is what happens to Stephen. Circumstances are really bad. But he's full of the Holy Spirit. Essentially, what is happening inside is powerful, irrespective of what is happening outside. Now, when you don't know and you don't have this identity, your identity is not in God, what happens is circumstances not only define you, and even define God in your sight. But circumstances always change and they can mislead you. And so he sees the glory of God. And he sees Jesus at the right hand. And may it be that even as we celebrate this last Sunday of the year, that you will see the glory of God in all things. And you'll see Jesus standing at the right hand. What does that mean? It means God is in control now at the right hand of God. Jesus is praying for you and I. He's in control right now in all his glory. But that's not all. We are told that as, as they covered their eyes, yelling at the very top of their voices, they rushed at him, they dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witness laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. That is significant. That Luke writes to us about what happens here. There's a young man called Saul, who later on is called Paul. He's watching all these situations. In fact, he stands and people bring their coats so that he stands as a witness to say that this man is bad and this man should be killed. But the testimony of Stephen. He has no idea what that testimony will do. Because this man, so when he becomes poor, he keeps referring to this situation. He keeps referring to this testimony. He keeps talking of how he was a murderer, of how he was a sinner. He would never have talked about this situation if Stephen had never testified. In your crisis, in a time of difficulty or even in a time when things are good you never know what God wants to do through you and so thank you for those of you who've given your testimonies but may I request the rest of us to keep giving our testimonies wherever we are not only this year but even as we go into the new year may you be the type of person who will give your testimony to your family members like Pitson said to your friends, to your workplaces, to your schools. That people may see the working of God even in difficult circumstances. 
Because you never know what God will use your testimony to do. But it's not just words, it's actions. May we be the type of people that will live our lives in such a way that God will use that to convict somebody who may even be going the complete opposite direction like so. That they may live their life knowing that God is at work. And so thank you for the testimonies. But may we continue. Wherever you are, listening to me at home, listening to me here, it is written in Revelation by the words of their testimony they overcame. And may we overcome the powers of evil by the words of our mouth, our testimonies, based on God's word, based on the working of God in our lives. And then finally, we told in verse, the last verse, then he fell down on his knees and cried, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. Those are powerful words. Here's a man who has done nothing wrong. He's dying. He's in a crisis. They are stoning him. But he forgives. My brothers and sisters, for God to continue working in us and for God to work in us powerfully, may we the type who forgive. The year is coming to an end. Are there people, are there circumstances that have wronged you? Or are even wronging you right now? May we find it in us to be like Stephen to forgive. Jesus did the same thing. It's powerful when you forgive. It's powerful when I forgive. It is not easy. But that's what God is calling us to. Because when we understand the working of God in the past, and when we understand that God is completely in charge, and that's why he said, take, receive my spirit. It means we know where we are going. We're not controlled by circumstances. Circumstances and people around us don't determine who we are, but God does. And when we know that, then we can forgive. And may it be that you and I will find it in our hearts to forgive, that we may be free to move on to the next thing that God is calling us. The Bible says that when he had said this, he fell asleep. It doesn't say he died, but he fell asleep. That's a powerful statement. It is saying he's still there. He's alive. Because he leaves, Jesus leaves. I can face tomorrow. And because Jesus is alive, I will be alive. And even though these people think death has done me in, I go beyond death. And may those of you who've lost loved ones, who are believers, know that you can actually live beyond this life if you're in Jesus Christ because he's alive. And that's why Stephen saw him sitting on the right hand of God, not dead but a life. But if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, as we begin this year, as Piton comes up, as the worship team comes up, I want him to give you an opportunity to respond to that. That you may know this God. But there may be those of you who just want to forgive. He will also give you a chance to forgive. But there may be also some of you who don't know about God at work. There was a lady called Hagar, the wife I mean, she was a slave of Abraham. But Sarah asked ask Abraham if she could get a baby with her. She became unsubmissive to Sarah. She was sent somewhere into the desert to go and die there. While she was in the desert, God spoke to her and said, Hagar, you will have a son and he will be called Ishmael. He spoke to her. 
Hagar looked up and he said, I have seen the God who sees me. I have seen the God who sees me. May you know today, even if you've not felt it before, that there is a God who sees you. He watches over you, whatever your situation. Even if you're in a desert, you don't have a job, you don't know what is going to happen. That's the nature of a desert. You don't know where the direction is. It's very complex. But there is a God who watches over you. 